This is the Rebel Author Podcast, where we talk about books, business, and occasionally bad words. Hello, Rebels, and welcome to Landmark episode 52 of the Rebel Author Podcast. Okay, I know it's episode 52, which technically means it's been a year, but uh, the official launch date, I think, was the 25th of September, so I have decided to do the annual um, anniversary episode next week. So for today, I'm going to be talking to Penny Sansevieri. We are talking about marketing and boy, is she a marketing queen. We are going to look at seasonal marketing specifically and how you can make the most of the upcoming holidays and festive periods in order to maximize your sales. But first to last week's question which was, what part of the writing, marketing and publishing journey do you like best? Amy said, brilliant episode, absolutely brilliant. She's referring to the Tiffany episode in episode 50, I believe. Uh, Since I am in the planning drafting phases now, I can say that I am enjoying both. I love the creation part of the story and the outlining to get everything to fall into place. But the drafting is always fascinating because things come out of nowhere, uh, but they belong. Things show up and demand to be heard and written and that rush of creating is amazing. I completely agree. I love that things can just pop out of thin air and be so right. It really does give weight to the whole muse being a separate entity. Uh, I think Elizabeth Gilbert talks about the genius or the genus or whatever you call it um, that's separate to you and yes I couldn't agree more. Victoria L.K. Williams says, I love the creating, from plotting the series down to each book. Then the covers come. I always have my covers before I start writing. Then the book. That's my true joy, watching the story come to life, messing about with my characters and discovering the secrets of them too. I also love having my cover before I start writing or very early on as I start writing. It gives me a source of motivation because I want to hold to that baby uh yeah so I love having the cover early too I know it's controversial because lots of people do it very late in the in the um process but not me uh what else okay so Mihai says congrats on episode 50 thank you very much I love writing the magic and see it come to life but with marketing whilst I like talking to people about my future books to hype it a little I absolutely hate everything else regarding marketing Uh, Kari says happy 50th thank you very much have a shot of gin for every episode you've earned it Hmm, I think this would be a rather different sounding podcast if I did (laughs) Uh, Kari says I love the actual writing love the editing and seeing the polish happen part hate the find a CP part because it's taking so many stabs at it to find someone anyone uh, to click with who doesn't flake out Ella Holmes says, I love, love, love outlining after brainstorming when all of my ideas come together into a cohesive plan. It makes me so excited to begin writing the story. It's like looking forward to Christmas because you know you're getting exactly what you asked for. 
Um, Matthew says, my two favourite parts are the first draft writing, as the story is still sparkly and new and often surprises me, and then seeing my finished book in people's hands. I agree. There is nothing better than having photos sent to you of your books. Like, it is genuinely one of the best honours, I think, an author can have. Um, Erin McKnight said, 50, whoop, whoop. I'm still developing my brand and figuring out how to market, but what I have found I like best so far is interacting with readers. It makes me smile, smile when they respond to something I have done. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Again, like having the photos sent to you, I there is just something so special about people messaging you to tell you that they've enjoyed your book or that they've shared it. Okay, the question of the week this week is a little different. I am asking you what your favourite episode of the last year has been. Now, you could tell me your favourite episode because of the interviewee, it could be a solo show, it could be because of the banter. I would love to know what your favourite episode was and why. Was it because you took a tip away? Uh, was it just the um, discussion that you enjoyed? Um, yeah, so let me know what your favourite episode was and uh, yeah, I think that will help me create um, the one year anniversary post so let me know. The book recommendation this week is Not Even Bones by Rebecca Schaefer. Now I read this book a little while ago and it was a very fun guilt uh, sort of guilty pleasure uh, type read. Now it is about basically two villains um, and the tagline says uh, it takes a special type of monster to dissect dead people and sell them without guilt. Uh, and the first opening line is Nita doesn't murder supernatural beings and sell their body parts on the internet. Her mother does that. Well, you know, that had me from the outset. And yeah, like it's, it is a fun book. So I am recommending that this week. Personal update news this week. I am going to be doing a couple of live sessions. The first one is this coming Wednesday, which will be, look at me trying to over my calendar discreetly. Um, that's going to be the 23rd of September. Um, and that is on iWritely, Meglator's iWritely YouTube channel and it is going to be epic. Uh, Daniel Wilcox is joining me and Meglator and Jenna Moresi. So it is a bit of a um, epic lineup if you ask me. So I will add the link in the show notes for that and come join us, come ask questions, come, yeah, just come for the banter if nothing else. Then the following week, also on Wednesday, the 30th of September, I will be doing a live Poison and Prose in my Rebel Author Facebook group. If you've never joined Poison and Prose, you are in for a treat. We, uh, I'm doing that one with Dan Daniel Wilcox, my um, co-host from the Next Level Authors podcast. And we basically choose a poison. It could be gin, it could be whiskey, it could be chocolate, it could be nachos, it could be whatever you want your poison to be, your favourite type of poison. And then we write to prose and we'll do Q&As and yeah, we'll just have some fun. So again, yep, yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, in terms of other news, 
Atlas, my son, is finally at school. Uh, we got the acceptance letter on Wednesday this week. It is Friday the 18th of September as I record this. And so that means, yeah, so we got the acceptance on I think like mid-morning Wednesday, I literally accosted the postman. I sort of ran out of the house in my hot pants and vest because, you know, hey, I'm a writer and I don't always have to get dressed. And I was like, tell me you have post for me. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't. And I was like, oh, because I had literally been waiting for this fucking letter for like 5,000 years. And uh, when he said that, I was like, oh no. And then he was like, just kidding. And I was like, you bastard, I like you. Like I actually said that to him and he was cackling and I was cackling and everybody. Anyway, I was too hysterical because I knew it was the letter, which meant, as soon as he said he had the post, I knew that meant we had a space at the school. Anyway, so I spent the rest of Wednesday filling out forms, dropping them at the school, and then by two o'clock they had phoned me to say, would you like him to start tomorrow being Thursday or Friday? So I asked my son and he was like, tomorrow, because he's my son and we love education. And so that was that. The rest of Wednesday was spent running around like a headless fucking chicken trying to get specific school shoes and specific PE kit and all of the rest of it. And uh, my wife managed to turn it all around and do all of the washing and ironing because she's a hero. And yeah, so we dropped him off at school on Thursday. And by the time he came out of school on Thursday, he had no less than four stickers and a bloody certificate of merit. I couldn't believe it. What a way to smash your first day at school. Um, yeah, so he's loving life. He's so happy that he has friends again and he gets to play with people. And he's been, yeah, I mean, he is absolutely fucking ruined, tired already. Uh, so I'm expecting this evening to be a bit of a... Um, hurricane of temper tantrums but hey it's fine he you know I'm getting hours and hours a day to work now so yeah uh what else okay yes I have been editing Trey I started editing this week properly and um I've gotten through the majority of the edits that I that are you know like uh how do I describe these so as I go, I write down post-its and they might be tighten conversation here or add in foreshadowing for X, Y, Z. And so they're sort of very small tweaks that I need to change the in the in the scenes rather than larger edits. And then once I've done those, I will be going through from start to finish and then using ProWriting Aid as well. And then it will go to my um, CP partner. I have also been working on filming the first Anatomy of Prose course, which I'm super excited to be sharing with you. And that will be coming in October. So I'm getting very close to the end of that now, which is very exciting. Uh, I didn't manage to do the analysis on the survey. I have taken an initial look at it and it, that does tell me that there are some things I need to change, which is fine. Um, but I couldn't really do that until my son went back to school. So now I am <laughs> fighting off the overwhelm, if I am perfectly honest, because I've realised how much shit I was sort of shoveling over my shoulder and burying my head about. And now I have 4,000 tonnes of admin to deal with from the last seven months of just doing the bare essentials um but yeah it's fine 
last but by no means least, uh, the Anatomy of Pro. I'm running a webinar uh, with ProWriting Aid uh, on the 8th, 7th or 8th of October. I will make sure it's correct in the show notes and add the link to that. Make sure you sign up. Listener Rebel of the Week this week is Renee Gallant. Renee says, at the end of 2015, my health took a nosedive. I went from walking a mile after work every day to not being able to stand up and take a shower. My hair even started falling out. My entire body felt like I had been beaten. At my worst, I had trouble forming a cohesive sentence and could not hold a fork to even feed myself. In April of 2016, I gave in and went to the doctor and told him I had found a tick on me in May of 2015, but I didn't have a bullseye rash indicative of Lyme disease. He tested me for it anyway, along with a whole load of other tests. He told me my results were negative. Over the next year, I saw two chiropractors, a neurologist, an infectious disease doctor, a podiatrist, had steroid shots in my feet, saw a rheumatologist and had physical therapy. Nobody could help me. Meanwhile, my uncle and I shared a lot of the same symptoms. He had had a tick bite and did develop the telltale bullseye rash of Lyme disease. So I turned to the internet and researched. I finally went back to the doctor. He pulled up my labs from the year previous. His response, oh, well, your Lyme uh, results were elevated, but there's nothing we can do now. It's gone on so long, it's now an autoimmune disease and we just treat the symptoms. I was devastated, but not surprised. In my heart, I knew all along. The levels were about one point under the positive range. I told him I had read uh, that I could still be treated with antibiotics and that it was a long protocol. He told me I shouldn't believe everything I read on the internet. So I did what any rebel would do and ignored him. I contacted the Texas Lyme Disease Association who took my history and put me in contact with a Lyme literate medical doctor. And a year after intensive treatment, I finally felt human once again. At times, I still have some chronic pain, but it is not as debilitating as it was. Moral of the story, never give up and follow your instincts. I think this is such a wonderful rebellion because there is something really truly to be said about our gut instincts and our emotions and I think so often we are told to suppress them or to ignore our gut but actually our gut has been evolved over millions of years to tell us when something is wrong to protect us from predators from prey and so yeah good for Renee for listening to it and also like I am so sorry that you went through all of that. I can't even imagine living in that much pain. So I'm so glad that you have at least managed to get to a much better place. Okay, I do need more rebel stories. I think I mentioned this last week, but I am now down to my last tiny handful of rebel stories. So if you don't email me your rebellions, I can't read them out. If you would like to be a Rebel of the Week, please do send in your story. It can be any kind of rebellion, big, small, or somewhere in between. You can email your Rebel story to rebelauthorpodcast at gmail.com or tweet me at rebelauthorpod. One new patron this week. Welcome and a huge thank you to William. And a massive thank you to all my long-standing and current patrons. 
I have put a post up asking um, you guys for some input about what you would like to see going forward. So please do make sure you drop um, some comments and some suggestions about what you would like in Patreon and I will make sure I deliver that to you. If you would like to be a patron and get early access to all of the episodes as well as bonus content and even uh, the opportunity to ask for very specific exclusive content in my latest post, then you can by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black and you can do that from as little as $2 a month. Alrighty, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Rebel Author Podcast. Today I am joined by Penny C. Sansevieri, founder and CEO of Author Marketing Experts. Penny is a best-selling author and internationally recognized book marketing and media relations expert. She is an adjunct professor teaching self-publishing for NYU. She was named one of the top influences of 2019 by New York Metropolitan Magazine. She is the author of 18 books, including How to Sell Books by the Truckload on Amazon. Welcome, Penny. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. I'm so excited. No, you are most welcome. It's so lovely to speak to you because I brought that very book that I just mentioned quite some time ago. So when I was very early on in my um, writing journey, and it was one of the first writing craft books that I ever purchased and well, marketing books, I should say that I ever purchased. And so it's now like quite crazy for me to be speaking to you and, you know, to be sort of a published author. And also it's lovely to speak to you because uh, for listeners who won't know, we've, we've had many uh, in email exchange through our um, ally uh, connections. So yes, it's absolutely wonderful to um, meet you virtually uh, for the first time. Um, well, thank so you. Oh, no, no, not at all. Okay, so tell everyone a little bit more about you and your writing journey and how you got to where you are today. Well, um, I've been, so I've had the business for 20 years and I started kind of accidentally. I'm what's called, I'm what you might call an accidental entrepreneur. I planned for nothing, right? Which sounds really terrible since I'm a marketing person. It's like, oh, aren't you supposed to plan for everything? Um, I I got fired twice in one year, literally. And the second time, I felt like a complete loser, right? So oh, wait, I no, you're my hero. You got oh, me fired. So sweet. This you're is so the, sweet. This is the rebel author podcast. That is like well, that was right behavior. You know, when, you, when you said like when I thought about that, I'm like that was my rebel moment. And um, I, I started the business and I started doing consulting because the second time, the company closed and they laid a bunch of us off. And it was late in the year and, you know, people usually don't hire in Q4 and, you know, it's all, always kind of a weird time of year. So I thought, oh, you know, we'll do some marketing consulting. And at the time, you know, independent publishing was really sort of considered the, the awkward stepchild of publishing, right? It wasn't quite as um, prominent as it is now. And lo and behold, 20 years later, here I am. So, I mean, there was a lot of, there's a lot of road in between that, you know, you have to traverse, but. Yeah, it was very accidental. I had no marketing plan to start my business. I had no savings. I had a credit card that worked. And I just had the dream of not being kind of at the mercy of where, you know, all of a sudden they close a company and now we're all out of work. So yeah, girl after my own heart. That was almost exactly what happened to me. I was under threat of redundancy for two straight years, four separate occasions, six months apiece 
for two years and I swore on the fourth time yeah. that that would be the last time it ever happened to me. Um, uh, you know, being at the mercy of, of somebody else's whims and fancies. Um, so talk to me about your, your books. Do you only, because obviously I know that you write nonfiction because I've read some, uh, but do you only write nonfiction? Do you write fiction as well? I write fiction as well. I do write under a pen name, which okay. is super secret, that's but fun. that's also kind of my rebel thing is I do write, I do love writing fiction and I love writing fiction for, you know, the escape of writing fiction, but I love writing nonfiction because I love teaching. That's always been kind of a thing that has been very near and dear to my heart. But, you know, sometimes it's fun to kind of dig into the fiction world of of you know that we can write about and these people that we create and all of the stuff that goes along with it oh absolutely yeah i could not agree more i'm just have I'm just going back to fiction after quite a long stint of writing non-fiction and i'm just you know falling in love with the escapism and remembering how much i love uh you know fucking with people's lives you know fictionally <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually have a meme that I put on Facebook that's sort of like that. It's like, okay, here's like, it has this whole series of all this crazy stuff that happens. And here's what you do to your protagonist. I'm like, oh, I miss that so much. Yeah. Like, Amazing. Just, you know what I mean? When somebody just goes through, they go through all these stages and then they come out the end, the winner, and you're like, oh, I wrote that. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Couldn't agree more. Um, okay. Well, we are here to talk about seasonal marketing. So can you, can you tell everyone a little bit about the seasonal patterns that they might expect to find over the course of the year in publishing? Well, I mean, seasonal, so there's two different things here, right? So there's the seasonal marketing and publishing, which has been, you know, January, February, all of kind of the new year, new you titles come out. The summer season tends to see a lot of, um, you know, the summer reads, right? Uh, fall is the biggest, has been typically the biggest publishing season. Um, but the other piece of this is, is that a lot of that's changing because the way that publishers have, have operated is changing. Um, so we're not seeing, like, we're not seeing as many, um, some big summer titles releasing actually in the summer. We're seeing some of them in the January and some of them in the fall. It's really changed. And a lot of that change is driven by, bookstore closings, in particular here, you know, in the United States. But the other elements, too, are that publishing, independent publishing, to, to, to a greater degree, can be very driven by um, calendar dates, right? So the seasonal, seasonal calendar marketing, like if you have a book about how to keep your relationship strong, and you might want to release that in time for Valentine's Day, or something about, you know, um, uh, you know, new year, like I said, new year, new you, and you're doing that. But one of the biggest, obviously, is the holiday market. And whether, you know, um, Christmas is a holiday that you celebrate or not, it's still a very big buying season. And I know people who don't celebrate um, Christmas necessarily, but still like to get it because we're all expecting these deals, right? We see these great um, you know, Black Friday, we see these really great sales deals and some of us wait, you know, for through the summer season to say, well, you know, the holiday marketing is going to start very soon because it seems to start earlier every year. 
Yeah, oh, I love that. And I suppose there are, I suppose it depends on your niche as well and the genre that you write in. So some holidays might be more relevant for you than others. Like if you write horror, I'm guessing Halloween is going to be a big one for you. Whereas if you, if, if you're like me and you write writing craft books for authors, then whilst National Novel Writing Month isn't a holiday as such, it is a huge worldwide um, campaign you could call it uh where lots of writers buy craft books in order to help them survive the month of of writing 50k um so yeah and 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 i suppose as well like if you're in the southern hemisphere and and christmas is summery and and sunny then perhaps beach reads might be more popular for local sales than uh, winter cozy reads which might be more suitable for for the northern hemisphere um readers but yes right. i love that i love that and right. i never thought about the distinction either so yeah ready i need to well, go back and write and, notes <laughs> you know and keep in mind too that there's also something that's not necessarily on the calendar and that's um the escapism right which is you could say that it's seasonal marketing, but one of the things that I've noticed, especially this year, is that fiction books off the charts are doing well. If the author has uh, an ebook that's tethered to it, so, you know, and, and if the ebook is priced correctly, so traditional publishers will say, our sales really haven't increased, our ebook sales haven't really increased. And part of the reason is because they're not, in my opinion, I mean, I'm not inside at a publishing house, but I don't think that they're really capitalizing on this kind of mood. So another season is also, you know, the mood of what's going on in your country or the world. Um, and that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, completely. Um, okay. What are your top three tips for marketing during the seasons or the, or the holidays? Well, you know, the first thing is, is you want to start, I mean, I would say that, and this kind of, you know, falls into the same answer for what are the biggest mistakes that authors make when holiday marketing is they don't start early enough. So I know a lot of authors like, so let's say, for example, you have a Valentine's Day title, right? You have a book that you want to release on Valentine's Day. And some authors will say, I'm just going to release this on February 14th. And I understand why you do that. But I prefer to back that up a little bit and to start a little bit earlier so that you can kind of start to build some momentum. Even if you put the book up for pre-order, you know, releasing it two weeks ahead of the holiday, because the other piece of it too, with, with any of your holiday marketing is you have to remember that nothing really happens on top of the holiday if you don't start early enough, right? So you have to start planning out ahead of time. And some of the things that you can do to plan might be, you know, holiday specific social media posts, any kind of giveaways that you want to do, any kind of bundle giveaways. I've known some authors who do, you know, bonus kind of giveaways together. So they pull all of their books um, as, you know, as a giveaway around that holiday. Um, you can also plan out your ebook promos. And that's something in particular big around Black Friday and leading up to sort of the traditional holiday market those ebook dates tend to book up far in advance. So if you're thinking about this now at the end of September and you're thinking, gosh, I think I really want to get into that, go in and purchase some of, the, some of those dates sooner rather than later. Um, some of the smaller things that you can do too is you can change up your ad copy on Amazon, your book page copy. 
so something that I've done with some fiction books that we work with and also some of the ones that I secretly write is I'll change up the ad copy to, you know, the, the book page write up to say great holiday read or great summer read, depending on what I'm doing. Um, I'll pull the book cover off of Amazon. I'll go onto Canva. I'll put a bow on it, right? A cute little bow and slap it back up on Amazon. So now the book, you know, the book cover looks like, like a present. So it, it has that, you know, it pulls in that whole feel of, of, you know, the holiday marketing. So there's a lot that you can do, but one of the biggest things is, is I really recommend, you know, starting early enough so that you have enough of a runway so that by the time that holiday hits, you're ready to take off. I love that so much. I, I had to write some of that down because I was like, oh, that's <laughs> such a good idea. And um, yeah, I never thought about, um, oh my God, I can't believe I've never thought about doing some of these things. Um, changing just simple things like you change your bloody blurbs, you know, to split tests for advertising copy. And I've never thought to do it for the holidays, but that's absolutely genius. What oh, a fabulous takeaway. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so how can writers prepare or strategize for marketing during the seasons? Well, I think first off, you have to figure out what, so what, what you're working with, right? So if you have a book launch, that creates a different, you know, different set of goals. If you just think, you know, I'd really like to rack up some holiday sales. I'd really like to get into that. Um, I'd really like to get into that Black Friday and beyond market. <sighs> Figure out what you really have the time for. Because one of the biggest challenges that authors face is that, you know, we're all working in a different world right now, especially this year. So, you know, figure out what you really have the time for if you have kids at home still, if you are homeschooling, if you're working from home and, you know, you think, oh, I'm working from home, I have so much more time. And the reality is, is you may not. So figure out first what you have the time for. The second is, at its most basic, I would recommend that you start to warm up your mailing list. So a lot of authors, we have mailing lists, we love them. But if you haven't touched them in a while, I really recommend that you warm, start to warm them up, start to get them ready for the promos that you're going to do. Um, figure out if you have enough books, if maybe you want to do a special seasonal bundle with your books, right? Even if they aren't necessarily related. So I've thought about that because I write books on book marketing, you know, bundling them together and creating a fun seasonal bundle of all of them in one shot could be really fun, right? You have some, maybe you have some extra time, some time off the holidays. You really want to kick your marketing into high gear for the new year. Here's a bundle for you. You can easily do that, these book bundles, with just your ebook and pop it up there just in time to grab, you know, to grab the holiday market. So kind of figure out, so do you want to update your, do you want to create some posts for your social media feed and how early should you start? My recommendation is if you're listening to this, again, we're just at the end of September, beginning of October, I would really you know, create your social media posts, figure out what you're going to do, but remember not to start them too terribly early, right? So, um, because you'll, people will forget. So start to build that ramp up maybe two weeks before the Black Friday, two weeks, and then be ready to go throughout the holiday season if that's what your, you know, if that's what your goal, you know, your goal is. 
any kind of promos that you're going to do. Like I said, buy the ebook promos in advance. Um, you could start to do some Amazon advertising. I like, um, I write a lot about Amazon, obviously, so, so I like doing the Amazon advertising. Um, you could start, start, you could certainly, excuse me, run a um, special kind of holiday promotion around your Amazon advertising. The other thing that a lot of people don't think of too is now that you have the time, now's a really good opportunity to start building your BookBub followers, right? So I love BookBub. I think it's a great, I think at some point they're, they're going to, you know, they're gradually becoming more aggressive in how they're showing up for authors. I have a feeling that, you know, by this time next year, we'll be talking about BookBub you know, versus Goodreads, like which, they're starting to really turn it into a social site. So get on to BookBub and start reviewing, uh, posting reviews for other books, start recommending books, start to really build your followers there, um, especially and in particular, if you're going to release a special holiday bundle, because whenever you release a new book, BookBub lets all of your followers know. And Amazon does that, the, they still do that, but you used to be able to kind of if you had more flexibility with your followers and now Amazon kind of killed that, which is really a shame. Amazon just takes away all the fun sometimes. So you can definitely do that. You know, you can definitely do that on BookBub. Um, I also like scheduling, you know, so let's say for example, that you have a new book that you're pushing and you have other books in your library, you could schedule a Goodreads giveaway to help to drive more attention to the existing book. So remember, if you have multiple books out there, but you're focused on one main title that you really want to push over the holidays, every other book helps every other book, right? And a lot of times authors, you know, focus very heavily on the new book, which I understand that. But if you have some kind of a backlist of titles, especially if you're a fiction author, and these titles are evergreen, so they're not going out of, you know, they're not becoming dated, then you can continually start to promote those and help to push more attention to your to your newest book. Does that make sense? Oh, so much sense. I'm like, I need to transcribe this and take all of the notes <laughs> because there were so many things. I'm like, which thing do I come back on? And I love that you said to bundle uh, your books. And, and I wrote down, bundle my craft books for, for Nano. And I've never done it because I felt like if I bundled them, I had to do the paperback. Uh, but why? Why? I feel like you just gave me permission to do whatever I need to do for, for, for a sales season. And uh, yeah, so thanks for that. I, I will absolutely do that. And um, I can't agree more on the... Um, selling one book helps to sell the others. And mm -hmm. I really saw that with my latest book launch. So uh, in May, uh, end of May, 2020, I released The Anatomy of Prose. And yes, launch day obviously saw a stack load of sales for that book. But what I hadn't anticipated was the number of sales that I would then make on my other writing craft books. I just hadn't yeah. accounted for that. And yeah, so it really does make a difference uh, if you do, do have the um, uh, back catalogue. And I suppose the other thing to say about that then is to make sure you are cross-linking between your books in your books back matter. So yeah. yeah, like at the back of your books, when, when people finish your books, make sure you are telling them that you have other books. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that I'm really a big fan of, even outside of holiday sales, is put a letter in the back of your book and make sure that all of your books are cross-linked. And don't, don't make the letter too long or too complicated, right? So one of the things that I like to do in these letters is I like to ask readers for a review, flat out, right? Um, make sure that you have a link to... Um, you know, your author central page on Amazon so that they know where to go there. Yeah, you definitely want, because readers are not dumb, but they do need to be told what to do. So you have to ask people for what you want, Mm -hmm. right? So if you want reviews, ask for it in the back of your book. The other thing that I really like to have fun with too, and we know this, like when we go to department stores and you're at the cosmetics counter or something, and there's a lovely gift with purchase when you get xyz from whatever right um they know that those gift with gifts with purchase can drive sales sometimes as high as 70 percent, right so consider doing a gift with purchase with your book through the holiday and you may only want to do it for three days depending on what the gift is and it could be an electronic gift right so it's not necessarily something that you have to mail one of the things that I did, and I wish I, I didn't think of it to, to bring it with me to show you, but I have these canvas tote bags that say, um, ask me about my book. People love them. So that's one of the things that I did for my um, How to Sell Books by the, Am- by the Truckload is I gave away one of those tote bags. So it was like a gift with purchase and people just loved it. But you could also do a buy one, get one or buy one, give one, right? So to ramp up your holiday sales, we like to, you know, if you're giving, like if somebody's giving your book to somebody who really wants to write a book, that's a great gift, right? So you could just, with an ebook, right? So that's another kind of gift with purchase idea. That is amazing. And I have literally never heard that before. And oh, that is another thing that I need to go away. The thing is, I filled my post-it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to tear it off. It, just for listeners, I'm just going to give you the sound effect. <laughs> that is my post-it because I filmed my fucking post-it. Oh my God, I love this. That's so awesome. Um, uh, yeah, hang on a second. Uh, right, okay, sorry. Sorry, listeners. Excuse me while I just take copious notes for you. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I think that's brilliant. And I suppose in that instance, it would probably be... Uh, helpful if you did direct sales because then you have more control over the give a gift or if you're doing it in person I suppose as well well but what I what I did is I just had them forward their receipt to me from Amazon ah okay okay yeah so I had them forward their receipt to me from Amazon and um, then we would just gift the book and I used book funnel so Mm -hmm. in order so that it's kind of protected you can gift them the ebook off of Amazon too but Um, and then I just gift them the book to their friend and said, this is, you know, courtesy of whomever. And, and and the other piece of it, the other thing that that does too, is it allows you to get onto the radar screen of a reader you may not have had access to. And then if you're sending it directly, you can then market to that reader. So it's, it's a dual kind of. That is fucking genius oh my god I cannot begin to tell you how much I love that does that um complete side tangent question does that take a lot of admin time no okay no no I I mean I'm usually like I'm and you know I mean you and I've corresponded in email and I 
probably, if you had a dime for every time I've started my emails with, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, this is late, you'd be richer than Oprah right now. But so I'm you, I'm like, oh, I'm so behind on my emails all the time. Like that's, a, I should put that on a t-shirt. And I did it. Yeah. And I did it myself. I just sent them. It's just very easy. I had it, you know, I had the page up on book funnel, boom, insert the email address, send it, gone and it's done. So it didn't really take a lot of, and sometimes I would just group them together. Like if we got a few of them and it, you know, or, or several of them in a day or whatever, I would just group them together. Yeah. It's completely easy to do. Yeah. And you can template uh, responses like that yeah. as well. And it's only, yeah. a, and, and I suppose if it's book funnel, the aftercare is all automated anyway, and then they're automatically put onto your autoresponders and mailing lists. And, right. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to, we, we touched a little bit on advertising. Um, there's lots of rumor around advertising costs rising during the festive seasons because traditional publishers throw money um, and therefore it raises the price of advertising. I didn't necessarily find that in December 2019. I don't, I don't know why, but um, I was advertising in December and my costs didn't particularly raise, um, but my sales did, which was good. Um, so I, I just wondered, should, should writers still use paid ads? Oh my God, my cat just jumped on me. I saw head. your kitty on the screen. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, hi, sweetie. Look at her. There she is. <laughs> hi. Another tangent. Um, <laughs> Oh God, this podcast. And uh, today's podcast is courtesy of Lady Grimm, the kitten, <laughs> and Sasha writing 6,000 notes. Uh, where was I? Right, yes. Uh, should writers, yeah. yeah, should writers use paid advertising or should they market in different ways to save them money? Well, so advertising is a great conversation. I and I know a lot of authors like to default to like Facebook ads or whatever. I'm not a huge fan of Facebook ads only because Facebook ads really have to have some, you have to have a bigger purpose for your ad other than just running an ad. So if you're going to run a Facebook ad, run it for a book promo, right? Within a window, like let's say you're doing a discounted ebook promo for a couple of days. A lot of times authors will run Facebook ads with just to get exposure for their book. And they're like, well, I am getting lots and lots of clicks, but nobody's buying my book. Right. And part of it is because there's no real incentive. So you're not, there's no limited time discount. There's nothing like that. But the other thing, and sorry that now I'm going to go off on this tangent. The other thing that I will say is that if an author comes back to me and says, my ads are not working, I can almost guarantee you that it's because of their Amazon book page. So I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're doing holiday promotions or just trying to get more book sales, you've got to pay attention to your Amazon book page because if that book page isn't converting, everything else that we've talked about on this podcast won't matter. Mm. So, um, and you can sort of, you know, you can kind of find out if that's like, I love Amazon ads and I didn't notice like you last year, I didn't really notice that they were more expensive to run, you know, to run ads. Um, but you can always tell in your Amazon ads, like if the ad, you know, the ad, very possible that the ad could be poorly written, but you have such, so many, so few words that, you know, unless you really did a bad job with the ad, it's quite possibly the book page and the reason that you're not selling books. Yeah. And I, um, I forget the lady's name, but, uh, Mark Dawson has had, uh, an, uh, ex Amazon ads 
uh, oh, yeah. number of staff. From Amazon, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I hear, and I can't confirm because I'm only partway through the course, I hear that um, she says that the ad copy is actually the least of your concerns and the, and the thing you should spend the least amount of time on, which indicates to me that your sales page is far more important, which agrees yeah. with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, super. Okay, so we've talked about uh, mistakes. So what, what kind of sales offers or giveaways or deals could writers run during the festive seasons? I know you've talked about bundling. Is there um, anything else that writers could do in, during the season, the festive holidays? Well, I mean, you can do, so we talked about, so we talked about bundling, you talk, we talked about price, so you can do a price discount. Um, you know, you can run, uh, you know, you can do a discount for, you know, a day or so. Um, the bundling uh, or doing a gift, a gift, doing a gift with purchase. Um, you could also do a gift with purchase with, you know, other authors. Um, you could create a, you could create even a gift list for your blog or create one with several similar authors in your genre. You're recommending different things and you're recommending, you know, each other's books. Um, yeah, I mean, so you can do all of those kinds of things. And like I said, the discounted, I mean, you don't have to discount it a lot, even if you just discounted a dollar, right? To get, you know, to get in front of more readers. The other thing that I really like about playing with the price of the book is it does ping your Amazon algorithm too. So, you know, you can, um, you can help to drive, to build more momentum to the book, but, you know, just by playing around with the pricing too, even like I said, if it's just, you know, a small amount of money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how, oh, so we've, we've sort of, uh, did we, well, I've asked you about, uh, or we've talked about how far in advance writers should prepare. Did we give specifics? I know you sort of said the further in advance as possible, but did we talk, you know, how long should a writer maintain? Like how much do they need to be posting? Um, I think you talked about around two weeks starting the, um, is that right? I'm sure you said two weeks. Yeah. Before. I mean, I would say that, you know, so let's, so let's use Black Friday just as a hypothetical date, right? So I would recommend that you kind of start to, cause you know, think about what the retailers are doing, right? So for those of you who do not live, you know, in the United States, Costco is probably not something that you, but it's a big warehouse store. So it's sort of like my mother lives in Belgium and they have something called Macro, which is similar yeah, yeah. to Costco, right? Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I noticed is that last September, like September 1st, all the Christmas trees, the fake Christmas trees went out at Costco, it's the, right? It's the craziest thing. But the thing about that is that the reason that retailers do that is because, you know, some people like they get, you know, they want to start early and whatever, but most of us just kind of look at that and we think, oh my gosh, this is so unreal that it's starting so early. So the idea of starting um, like Christmas in July, like all of those advertisements about Christmas in July, the reason that you hear that is because it's a ramp up for a lot of these retailers because they're so, they're, they have such high revenues that they really have to keep that momentum going. But the mo most of us really don't start paying attention until we're within that window. When you think about people who do their Christmas shopping really early, I, I've only known like one person in my entire life who does that. Most of us are sitting in that window thinking, oh my gosh, what am I gonna get my Aunt Bethany, 
right, on December 23rd or something, right? <laughs> so I really recommend, you know, take a look at whatever your goal date is. Maybe it's Black Friday. Back up two weeks from there and then plan out. One of the biggest things that I can recommend, especially if you're doing a lot of social media posts, is plan out in advance because then you don't have to think about it. I was just talking to an author this morning and she said, oh, the thing that stresses me out so much about book promotion is I have to plan my social media. Like I'm thinking, you know, like I get up and I think, oh, what am I going to post today? What am I going to post today? Don't be that person. Plan out what you're going to do because you want to keep it kind of fresh, right? And then figure out, so let's say that you do a Black Friday sale, right? So you do a Black Friday sale, you have an ebook promotion, boom, that's great. Your sales spike. Now what are you going to do for the rest of the time? So as you start to get closer to the holiday, maybe on December 15th or December 10th or whatever, maybe it's time to release that book bundle so that that now hits for the next 10 days. The other thing to consider too is that the day after Christmas, when a lot of people get new devices, whether they're getting Kindle readers or whether they're getting iPads, ebook sales tend to really go up. So don't forget that Christmas between Christmas and New Year's window too, because a lot of people think, oh, I've made it to Christmas, I'm done. That's a really big sales time. And a lot of people have that time off too. So it's a good, you know, so it's a good opportunity to get into that, you know, to get into that window as well. Yeah. Oh, I cannot agree more. I have uh, inadvertently and, and very luckily, uh, bit, not been a victim, uh, found that uh, that's been my experience that my yeah. ebook sales suddenly spike on Christmas day. I'm like, what the fuck is everybody doing? But it, then I realized it's because everybody's just been given a Kindle um, and therefore they want to then put books on their Kindle. Uh, right. So yes, I definitely agree with that. Okay, so let's turn away from social media and look at in real life, the in-person stuff. How, how, how can writers utilize in-person things during the season or perhaps even uh, media that isn't so, you know, sort of more traditional media during the seasons? Well, I like to do so. I think that's a great that's a great answer. And depending on where we are at this year, you know, in person might look very different depending on where you're at in the world. Um, I love so you know book signings, book, you know, doing book signings in bookstores in the United States. They tend to book up pretty far. The competition's really heavy for that. Um, and I would imagine that as bookstores start to open again, it's going to become even more so. But look at maybe doing events even in creative places. If let's say you live in a town um, that has a lot of, you know, mom and pop kind of retailers, I've done, I've done book events in card shops and Hallmark stores. I actually love doing pre-holiday book events in Hallmark stores because if you think about it, and that's any card shop, right, anywhere in the world. Um, when you're going into a specific card slash gift shop, what are you looking for? You're looking for a card slash gift and autographed copies of your book really make great gifts, right? So that's another thing. So you can start to look for some of those opportunities locally, but I love doing media around the holidays, especially because we've done a lot of holiday promotion. So we had a book, um, a few years ago that was about the importance of children and laughter. And around the holidays, we did, um, we did some media around it. Give your kid the gift of laughter this holiday season, right? So that helped to also drive lots of holidays. So think about that too, because especially, you know, especially after a year that's been kind of heavy like this one, once we get to November and December, people are just going to be like done with all the crazy news, right? And we're ready for some fluff. 
So start to think about, you know, keeping the heavy topics for like, if you have something that's political or something that's really heavy, right? Some of the lighter stuff, like the, the kids and humor book, um, you know, new things that you can do in the new year, you know, even, you know, pushing those out in December, it's a great time to do not necessarily the less serious, but the pieces that don't require a huge amount of thought. That makes sense. Yeah, I love that so much. Yeah, completely, completely agree. And I would never have thought to have gone uh, and, and pitched to a, a Hallmark or a card. We've got very, we've got Card Factory and Clintons and something else here in the UK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, this is, this is seriously such a jam-packed podcast full of tangible takeaway tips i like absolutely fucking knocked it out of the park this this week so uh, yeah thank you so much um this is my favorite question <laughs> this is the rebel of the podcast so tell us about a time you unleashed your inner rebel i would have to say this goes back to um starting it starting the business right um, and then I think writing fiction, because it's not really something that, I mean, if Hallmark came to me and offered me a movie deal, I wouldn't say no, right? But that's probably not going to happen. Um, but I would have to say that starting a business and keeping the business for 20 years, because it's, as you know, because you're independent, um, it's not really for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, no, it is like, not. It is like, certainly there, not. I swear to God, there are some days when I'm like, you know the sandwich guy on the corner that holds up a sign that says deli this way? I'm like, I could do that and I could rock that out. Like I could kill the sign holding thing. I'd get a tan. It's great for your upper body. I'm like so many benefits to this. Yeah. It's not, so that would be, I would say every, you know, honestly, every day when I, sometimes I sit down, I love what I do. Don't get me wrong, but you've got to have, you've got to have a really fierce inner rebel to keep it going. You do. You so do. This, this life is not for everybody. And I, you know, yes, the dream, the dream looks fun. But um, what, what's that phrase? Um, entrepreneurs are the only people who will work 80 to 90 hour weeks so that they don't have to work uh, 60 hours for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so would, true. And you know, I would still never, like if somebody came to me with a job, I'd still be like, you know what? I think I'm good. Like yep. as hard as it is, as much as we say, oh, it's not for the faint of heart, as hard as it is, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I mean, you know, again, like I wouldn't turn down a movie series. Now, now it's gone from just a single movie to a movie series at Hallmark. <laughs> I wouldn't turn down a movie series and be sitting on the beach somewhere, you know, sipping a margarita. But at the same time, I really love what I do. And otherwise, and you know, the same is really true for being an author, right? I think all authors are rebels because it's a, it's a hard job being an author, right? And then somebody, and then, you know, somebody like myself gets on this podcast and remind you how much harder it is. And they're yeah. like, oh, I really hate her. I don't want to listen to her anymore. <laughs> Here's a list of 585,000 things that you're not doing. <laughs> right. And could you please do them before breakfast, before yeah. coffee? Because otherwise you're just, your life as an author is just going to suck. And, you know, and then they listen to like, Oh, that penny person. I don't like her. She's just like. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Like, for listeners, we are joking. <laughs> just for clarity. <laughs> but 
but um, yeah, I'm 15 months out now from having been in the rat race, and I can assure you that I would rather cut my kidney out and eat it before I go back to the to a day job. Oh, I love that. Are you a horror writer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just have a, a terrible dark mind. <laughs> I like, oh, that's fabulous. I have some I have some great dark podcasts that I think you'll really love. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just have a way with uh, weird analogies and things. Um, but, but but yeah, no, I couldn't, I could not agree more. I will never. I, I know for a fact I will never. I am unemployable now. I have pretty much made myself unemployable, and yeah. uh, you know, I will. I I I know for a fact that I will always find a way, no matter what that way is. I will find a way not to have to be employed again. Yeah. But um, I think Same you here. only, but you only know that when you've left, because yeah. until I left, I didn't believe I could do it. You know, yeah. you have to make that jump into the unknown and the, oh, you know, what the fuck am I doing? Can I actually do this sort of jump? Okay. Tell listeners where they can find out more about you, your books, your services, all those lovely things. So you can um, find you can find us at amarketingexpert.com, and we also have a, a blog and all kinds of information. Um, and you can reach me at penny at amarketingexpert.com. And um, yeah, I just love I love so much being on this show. I have to tell you, I love Aww. chatting with you. It's great to, to to sort of meet you. I mean, even though we're in different parts of the world and time zones and everything, but yeah, no, I love this opportunity. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute blast talking so to fun. you. So fun. Okay. Thank you very much to uh, all of the show's patrons. If you would like to get early access to all of the episodes as well as bonus material, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Sasha Black. Thank you also to everyone listening. I'm Sasha Black. You are listening to Penny Sansevieri, and this was the Rebel Author Podcast. August next week it will be a solo show and I am still forming and shaping it so I'm not going to tell you all other details. Uh, suffice to say that you only get me next week um, and yeah so look forward to that. It's going to be a special anniversary episode and uh, I guess I will see you next week. Don't forget to tune in and subscribe on your podcatcher and when you have a moment please leave a review.